Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So we're here for a short pod this week. What with another packed schedule of FPL madness and more football just two days away, or perhaps today, tomorrow. Depends when you're listening. Um, it's just myself and the Irishman Stag this week. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Evening, Nick. It's great to be back again after such a tumultuous few days in the FPL universe. There was an awful lot of seller's regret that bit hard on those that offloaded the likes of Gazaniga, Pope, Traore and Jimenez, whilst popular incomers, the likes of Ings and Mares, failed to fire. It was pretty frustrating, wasn't it? So only Trent, Grealish and Mo Salah, I noticed, were the players that avoided blanks out of the 13 most popular players amongst the top 10k and captaincies were by and large a disaster. So average scores south of 45 points. It's going to be tough for most people, but okay for us, it seems. Just to say, we are, of course, who got the assist. Our Twitter is WGTA underscore FPL, or you can find Nick at WGTA underscore Nick, or me, FPL Stag, at FPL Stag. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Excellent. Yep. So it's going to be a short pod this week, as we mentioned. It's just purely going to be a, a Q&A, followed by our regular features. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, crack on into it with starting up with our game week reviews. Will I go first again, Nick, if that's okay with you? Yeah, go for it. Great. Yeah, so I can't really complain. It's uh, 63 points, so that's vaulting me up the leaderboards again. I'm now into the top 700k, having started off as a host on this pod at about 1.3 million. Um, I made no transfers this game week in anticipation of the double game week and wanting to have two free transfers. So I again ended up giving the armband to brace Sergio Aguero and he delivered quite handsomely. And in spite of temptation, I did not make a move and get rid of Jimenez and bring in Danny Ings as half the world seems to be, which meant I also benefited from his brace. And aside from that duo, the only person that actually returned for me was Trent Alexander-Arnold, which you know pretty much meant nothing because everyone has him. So look, I was disappointed to lose Lewis Dunk's clean sheet, Leicester were defensively poor. I should have listened to myself in last week's Stag's take on this podcast and not played Sionku, but I played Sionku, so got a lovely one point there. Mane, Kevin De Bruyne, Cantwell, Ismail Assar, who's now injured as well, and Vardy all scored between 0 and 3. And then I left Cathcart, who got a clean sheet on my bench, and Isaac Hayden, who scored as well, the slayer of Chelsea, was on my bench, but he was never going to be playing anyway, so that really didn't matter. But the Cathcart one is a little bit more frustrating and should have listened to myself. But look, overall, I'll take it. I've had my rank in about two weeks, so that's pretty good. Nick, you were actually present to see one of your FPL returns this week, but was DCL's a pointer enough to end your recent struggles? 
Um, yeah, so I was at the Everton West Ham game and uh, and saw uh, Calvert Lewin score, which was um, you know a great moment for my FPL team, but not one that I could uh, verbally share thanks to the uh, the crowd that I was amongst at the game, which was sort of the stalwart heavy set. West Ham supporters all around me so I was just like so very silently happy when that, that goal went in so that, that was one or two to deal with yeah exactly that, that was one of the uh, the main moments um, for my team there but um, it was it wasn't actually a green arrow unfortunately for me this week it's got 47 points minus four because of the hit so it is a red arrow sadly it means only one green for me in the last six weeks or so sort of fall down the overall rank yet again unfortunately looks like another relatively small red arrow um so yeah my transfers did actually pay off this week i got in salah and uh, calvert lewin in the end um for uh, the departed ali and rashford who also got injured so um that paid off and i also um, did ryan for fabianski that one sort of didn't really pay off i guess it paid off in terms of the actual transfer ryan only picked up the two points but what was mostly frustrating was that gazanigas suddenly showed up with a clean sheet and the penalty save really really annoying um considering this guy did absolutely nothing for me when i did nothing but it was like four points in three games or something over the christmas period which is terrible and now he sort of gets a massive return as soon as i sold him but um greedish also got me some points at least. And then Trent, who you mentioned, getting some returns, which is decent. But I think what really punished me this week was uh, foolishly opting for a, a triple up and a captain on Jamie Vardy. So essentially a quadruple up on Leicester, which only won me three FPL points between them in total, which is just absolutely rubbish. And yeah, pretty pretty damn terrible. And I think that leads us quite nicely onto our, our first question, which is about Leicester. Um, so Adam Pritchard asked us, which Leicester assets should we keep? Andy Penman and Gary Shepard also asked us about Vardy and uh, FPL Clown and FPL Toddler said Leicester players out. So this this was your Stags take last week, wasn't it? That's two successful Stags takes in a row, really, that have sort of born fruition immediately. So uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, but yeah, um, what do you think about Leicester and their performances then? Yeah, that's, that, that Stag's take was effectively, let's let's bench the defenders and sell the midfielders and then we'll see about Jamie Vardy later. And sure enough, I guess, as you say, it did pay back pretty quickly. So looking ahead at Leicester's fixtures, I think that's important when we're considering whether we're going to dump all of them or not. You've got West Ham at home, Chelsea home, Wolves away, City at home, and then away to Norwich City, way off five game weeks away. That's not the easiest, but it's not the toughest either, especially when you consider that this Leicester team will be known for raising their game against the top teams. So let's say the City game and the Chelsea game in that bracket. And then maybe they've actually struggled against the, the weaker sides, especially recently. So maybe you might actually have more concern about Moises, West Ham and Wolves and Norwich uh, in that bracket. So t- talk about Vardy first and answering uh, Andy and Gary's questions, I guess. Look, Vardy's last goal, it came in game with against Man City. Um, like he's obviously missed two game weeks in that period because since then, um, of those five, having been injured and having had a baby being born, but he's only got an assist in this period. But I think the issue is, and I think, Nick, you probably share this problem, is that if you sell him, it's going to be extremely hard to bring him back. A lot of us bought him for around $9 million. He's up at around $10 million now, so you're losing half a million's worth of value there straight away. And when he inevitably does refine form, and I think it is inevitable, it's going to be very difficult to get him back in, especially when we're trying to play Pep Roulette with the City midfielders and also trying to uh, have three Liverpool players at any one time. I think maybe holding Vardy is just the safer option, especially when his ownership is still really huge and his captaincy percentages are going to remain high for the foreseeable future, whether you're in the millions or whether you're in the higher rankings. I think he's going to be popular. And the fact of the matter is, is that 
if he scored that penalty, would we even be talking about this? I don't think we would. But I can totally understand people's need to gamble. Um, I've been kind of following that for the last few weeks to a reasoned extent, but I have still been gambling a little bit, going to the casino. But look, like if you do sell him, like what are you going to do? Like There's a clear short-term move there with the Liverpool double game week to bring in Firmino, let's say, as a risk, or to just free up money to get two Liverpool defenders, two Liverpool defenders. Makes sense. But with Rashford injured... Like, where else are you going to put that money? I, I, I don't know. Like, you probably already have Ings, most of you who are listening. Jimenez? I don't know. Like, you were all against him last week. So it, it's, it's not very easy to see what you're actually going to do with this Vardy money. And I think it is probably too soon to open up our chink books for Palace's new front man as well. So, like, in spite of his impressive debut against Man City. So it's, it's, it's very hard to know what to do. Uh, and then look, as for play, Leicester players out, just as a general question, like, look, I've already said you could sell Madison in the last pod, and I, I, st- I stand by that. Um, as I say, Vardy, too hard to sell. The defenders, do you know what? I'm starting to think you can sell them. You'll survive even if they do pick up the odd clean sheet and you're not going to miss out on too much there. And maybe you can do something better with all that profit you made on Siyunku or just all that money you have tied up in something like, I don't know, Danny, uh, Johnny Evans or something. Fair enough. Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think when it comes to Leicester, for me, when it when it comes to Jamie Vardy, I have been giving him the armband week in, week out. I think that's potentially got to stop. I've got to start looking at some of these other assets. Obviously, this week, he was, he was always going to be a Liverpool player. But I think looking at Leicester's fixtures, Chelsea, Wolves, Manchester City, he's probably not going to be in contention for the armband for any of those three games. It's probably going to um, stay on a Liverpool player who have Southampton, Norwich and West Ham those um, next three. So I think in terms of the armband, Fardy's not going to be getting the armband. But in terms of setting him, I'm not sure if I'm going to get rid of him that quickly. I think the ownership is quite scary. Like you mentioned, most of us have a lot of um, value tied up in him as well. He, he still remains the, the top scorer in the Premier League, even though he's going through a bit of a, a fallow patch. And yeah, it was unfortunate about the pen, uh, penalty um, but yeah, it is obviously that his underlying stats aren't, aren't particularly brilliant. But he's always broken those underlying stats. We've known that about him. But still, the fact that in the last six game weeks he's he's had less shots than Andy Carroll is is perhaps a a little bit of a concern of ours, maybe. But I think when it when it comes to less stats, I think Madison he'll have to be the one that uh, goes first for me. Because as I said, I'm tripled up. I think it's probably time to start getting rid of him. Maybe I mean he's had literally um, six blanks in seven now which is um, really really poor I think it's you know I've, I've shown enough patience to be honest I know he's been unlucky with the VAR but um, I think he's probably probably going to be the one that has to leave um, and I'd say keep Vardy but if you have both Vardy and Madison it's probably time to sell Madison and now I, I looked at the alternatives in midfield as well and there wasn't really too many actually available because I think the one that probably sticks out is Jack Greenish but I already own him, so I can't really look at Jack Grealish. Um, I'm probably going to be potentially pivoting to a sort of 4-3-3 again and, and bring in the likes of Jimenez or something again and uh, and downgrading uh, Madison to sort of a, a Cantwell-type figure. But um, potentially going to, to roll um, my transfer this week anyway, so I might end up with Madison for just that one more week. They've got West Ham at home which is, um, I mean, West Ham are struggling this week, so it is potential that Madison can get some returns. But yeah, in his, in, I looked at his stats as well because I know he's had um, 
as I said, he's, he's blanked so many times in a row now. But in the last six game weeks, his stats um, haven't actually been brilliant. It's not like he's underperforming um, in terms of the goals and the assists. He's only had 10 goal attempts, which is less than the likes of Douglas Luiz, Aston Villa, and Amaron. And he's only actually had two um, shots inside the box as well. And in terms of chances created, which is sort of his, um, his gold, uh, he's only 10th. The chances created amongst midfielders during that period has only created the one single big, uh, big chance in the last six. And uh, yeah, Leicester have lost two on the trot um, now against Southampton, Burnley. Those games they really should have won. And I think there are concerns, as you mentioned, about the defence. They've been decidedly average. One clean sheet in eight. Uh, before that, they had five clean sheets in six. So uh, yeah, a little bit of a, a dry period there for Leicester. And uh, Definitely concerns to um, the likes of myself, who who are tripled up in this team, um, and you know, obviously they were doing very well earlier on the season, but it's, it's very much dried up recently. No, I absolutely get that, and like the, I think that we, for listeners who didn't hear last week's podcast, we discussed pretty much ad nauseum the issues with Leicester, be that with Madison, who we talked about his chance creation being so low, and we talked about his shots being low as well, and we talked about their defence as well. Look, it's. It's a, it's a tough time for Brendan Rodgers' men. But moving swiftly on to a new topic, and Simon Ratten has been asking, is Sergio Aguero essential? FPL Rodney was asking whether Vardy to Aguero is the move to make. And Ronan Megan was asking, is there a fear that with Champions League returning soon that Aguero will be prioritised for that, given that Liverpool are going to win the league? Nick, thoughts on that? Um, so, so, yeah... <sighs> I don't know if I would say Aguero is essential. I think those like yourself that have punted on him, got him in as a, a differential, it's, it's massively paid off, hasn't it? And he, and he has, you know, returned big essentially in the last couple of game weeks, especially when all these other top performances, uh, top performers have been blanking. It's, it's really bolstered, um, you know, your rank over there. Over, um, over the last couple of game weeks, for sure. But I still I still look at his price and I say, how the hell am I going to get this guy in at sort of 11.8 million? He's very, very expensive. Um, and Manchester City's fixtures, they are a pretty mixed bag, um, right up until game week 33, really. I mean, Manchester City is Sheffield United, Spurs, West Ham, Leicester, Arsenal. I mean, Aguero could feasibly return in all five of those games. It's very possible that he could. But, you know, it's not the easiest, easiest run. I mean... Aston Villa, you know, we're absolutely torn apart by Manchester City, but I can't see the likes of Sheffield United or Spurs, to be honest, or, or Leicester, um, you know, conceding four or five against Manchester City. I think it's going to be much more tied to affairs. Um, when it comes to Champions League, they're playing Real Madrid on the 26th of February. Um, and that's just four days after game week 27 when they play Leicester. So there's obviously that chance of players being arrested. Um, we saw um, those that brought in Mares. They were punished, weren't they, after that Mares haul. Um, Pep didn't even play in the next game. So you never know with Pep. It doesn't matter if you've, you're on fire or in form. You might just not, you might just still miss out on the next game. Um, only played 17 minutes this game week. And he's got to manage the minutes of Jesus, who's always you know knocking on the door saying, why the hell was I not selected for this game? Uh, Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling, um, all wanting to start every game week, uh, which makes it um, challenging. Um, and, you know, Aguero isn't getting any... Um, younger either so he's not probably as fit as he used to be and be able to play two two games a week to be honest you know so um I think there will be some rotation in there but you know Aguero he is a fantastic asset like 
all, all that negative stuff aside, you know, he's, he is a brilliant, brilliant forward. Well, definitely one of the best, you know, absolutely smashed it in terms of the records. Now um, overtaking Thierry Henry. He's got um, the likes of Wayne Rooney um, and Andy Cole in his sights now as well to sort of really charge up the overall scorers um, in the Premier League. And um, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a great asset, but I would be wary about talking about him being essential, especially when we've got this Liverpool double game week coming up and people trying to fit in all these Liverpool assets. So I wouldn't necessarily tear my team apart to get in Aguero as well. Yeah, it's interesting the way you say that. Like some people really hate to use the words like essential on pods just because they kind of feel like there's, they're going to be attacked on Twitter for... Uh for their words but I'm happy to say it. I'm happy to say it's essential based on this form these are mean streets here and we have to speak the truth um, he is essential based on his current form uh, like when you're asking the question I think that usually tends to answer the question in and of itself but given there's a double game week he's going to remain a differential for at least another week which is great for people like me I'd initially planned to sell him but I just can't do it now that's six goals in his last three Premier League appearances and he can find the net from nowhere at the moment which is one of the best traits in a striker and he's still being fed by that brilliant midfield as well so tough to uh, tough to ignore him I think like look you ask about the Champions League fears and Nick has kind of addressed it there it's, it's Sheffield away then there's an FA Cup game against Fulham I'd be very surprised if he features in that then you've got the United League Cup game in the midweek he'd be like to be on the bench they should have that game tied up given the margin they had off the first leg but look if he comes on he comes on fine it doesn't matter Tottenham away he'll play West Ham at home you'd think he'd play given just the time and then Leicester away I think is going to be a big game because when they continue to draw games like Crystal Palace one it makes it much harder for them to rest players in top four or six pointers if that makes sense like that Leicester game will be and then of course yes does come Madrid at the Bernabeu on the 26th of February maybe from there we can start getting worried but right now I think it's just too early to be having Aguero Jam Z control concerns like the fact of the matter is he could score three times before then anyway and he will be vital at that point so yeah I think he's essential so a couple of different takes there I think um, I mean I don't think I can get this guy on my team at the moment so that's why I'm going to be more negative about him because I don't want other people to own him maybe but yeah absolutely fantastic I think we both agreed there for sure um, definitely one of the best players out there in the Premier League just a very expensive FPL asset um, but Matt Stacey's asked us about um, Rashford and, and what to do with him so yeah obviously there's been a bit of um, you know chatter online about Rashford versus FPL subscribe who um, tweeted this morning that Rashford could be out for the season which was you know a bit of a shock and he um, got a lot of criticism on Twitter uh, for saying that um, without any evidence at all but then um, Henry Winter um, sort of I think he's a, a quite famous journalist um, he um, he uh, basically said that he's going to be out for a couple, two to three months, and you know, essentially, he said, "Look, this is this is accurate. That Rashford's got a long-term injury." So, um, yeah, uh, and then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was asked about it by Jeff Shreves, and Jeff Shreves uh, kind of, uh, sorry, Ole kind of darted around the question in his usual fashion, and you know, you know, telling half truths like he does about Paul Pogba, and eventually, he kind of conceded that he's going to be out for a while. So, Rashford's out, uh, but. Uh, Looking at the alternatives, we've got Jimenez, Ings, Calvert-Lewin, Abraham. Anyone that catches your eye there, Stag? 
See, this is the thing. Like, look, I've already got Jimenez. Uh, I'm not going to sell him. I think he's a, an important player and a few fallow weeks weren't going to put me off him. So I think between, for most people, trying to free up the funds to invest, let's say, further back in the team in Liverpool or to get in, let's say, Ings that they've been ignoring or to have Jimenez or to go for Abraham, who's now suddenly become a bit of a differential again amongst active teams. I think there's plenty of scope for choice there for FPL managers with Rashford, but for Matt Stacey, like, you need to sell them. That, that's for clear anyway with Rashford. Uh, Henry Winter's tweet, just to give full clarity, and maybe listeners on Tuesday might have more info than we have right now as we record, but he said, Rashford was carrying a single stress fracture in his back and now has a double stress fracture after the Wolves game. He's expected to be out for two to three months. He also has a piece of floating bone in his ankle requiring non-intrusive surgery to remove. He has been playing through immense Pain to help Manchester United Football Club. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that that does sound that does sound pretty dreadful. Um, you know, you, you have to you have to question why the hell he was brought on during that game. To be honest, what 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 was all they thinking? You know, rest the guy for God's sake. They, were, you know, he didn't need to come on at that particular moment. They were winning. It's just like you know, really strange move there. And now, yeah, um, this this key. Um, I mean, the talisman of Manchester United is now going to be out for a while, which is a, a concern for the club and uh, you know, a concern for us FPL managers who own him obviously as well. Um, but I think with Rashford, I, I did say to him, um, I knew he was going to be out of this game. And I thought, right, you know, I've got a plan. Um, I'm going to be bringing in Mo Salah. And uh, yeah, to, to fund that, I got in Cavalier, as I mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, in terms of the, the the kind of the picks out there, I guess we mentioned Jimenez. Um, he's, he's leading the way in terms of the last six game weeks with 22 goal attempts, four goals. Um, Danny Ings is second for goal attempts of 21, but he's netted five. Uh, Cavaloon's third with 20 and Abraham's fourth with 19. I think of those four, Abraham I would definitely avoid. Just looking at Chelsea's fixtures, they're really tough actually now. Arsenal, Leicester, Manchester United and Spurs up next. And Abraham's not been in, in fantastic form recently and neither have Chelsea been. You know, they, really, they struggled to, to score against Newcastle, for instance, this week. It's a tough game. Um, Cavaloon, I really like him. That's why I got him in at 5.9 million. He's the cheapest of the bunch, which obviously a lot of flexibility um, amongst the rest of your team. So that, a downgrade that way would be um, pretty decent to, to kind of afford, you know, someone like Aguero perhaps to fit in you, into your team as well. Danny Ings, I couldn't afford Danny Ings and he's been in fantastic form. You know, I was quite lucky to the fact that he blanked and Southampton have some decent fixtures. Palace, Liverpool, Burnley, Aston Villa, West Ham up next. So, you know, Ings definitely still an option and, and Jimenez, you know, he was the star of this week, wasn't he, with his brace and uh, yeah, by the underlying stats, he, he looks like, um, you know, a lot of people probably ruining selling him at this moment in time. The Wolves, their fixtures are terrible to be honest. Liverpool, United, Leicester, Norwich, Spurs, next five. So, you know, a bit of a gamble. The other option I have mentioned, Martinelli, 4.5 million, maybe a bit of a punt, um, you know, Arsenal. Um, and with Aubameyang, with Aubameyang suspended. In that category as well of breeding uh, yeah. punts, um, given Rashford's going to be out for a while. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. And I think um, looking at the market forces, the most popular pick actually is, is Firmino. But that, that kind of moves us on nicely to our next question, which is about Liverpool. Um, lot, loads of questions, obviously, about Liverpool. So we're kind of just going to talk about them in general. We'll run through the questions first and try and cover all the bases that we got asked about, which is obviously with the double game week. Um, so FBL Belgian asked, am I mad to triple captain Trent Alexander-Arnold? DJ Nwiton said, is it time to start captaining Virgil van Dijk? Archer Street, FPL Archer Street asked us about 
Joe Gomez in the double up and FPLDC also asked us if we're overlooking Firmino. So not too many questions actually about Mo and Mane, more about the defenders and, and Firmino there. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I'm going to deal with that Trent Alexander triple captaincy question from FPL Belgium first. And I will say, I don't think it's as mad a suggestion as I would have thought a few weeks ago. Uh, I think Liverpool have settled into what I'm going to call a championship rhythm, where they get the job done, they don't do too much more than get the job done, and it works out quite well because they've tightened up at the back so much. That's especially the case since Joe Gomez came into the team to replace Massive when he got injured. So since game week 20, uh, 16, Liverpool have not actually conceded in the Premier League and Gomez has been present for all of those. And I, I think that that's not just coincidence. So look, if we consider with the likes of Trent that that clean sheet or that one return that he will get, whatever it might be, he'll probably pox and assist otherwise, then like over two games, two returns is a pretty decent return for a captain. But going for the triple captain, I think that's a huge risk. That means that your season will ride on that to a massive extent. And I'm not sure if I would be comfortable with that. Uh, But I do get it. I do understand. Uh, I looked at the attacking stats for defenders as well, because there's a few questions have come through about VVD and whether it was worth captaining him, uh, like DJ Newton's question. And the fact of the matter is that Van Dijk has had two shots, two, since Joe Gomez came into the team. So that, that's, that's not much when you consider that one of those was today. So, like, look, I can understand bringing him in from the point of view of he's not going to be rotated. Um, but that said, like, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Robbo are likely to do better than him uh, in the long run anyway. Like, Trent, Trent for, by comparison, he averages a shot per game. Uh, so, look, captaining VVD on the basis that he's a safe pick and won't be rotated, it's fair enough, but given the massive gap that we have in these double gaming 24 fixtures and then the FA Cup that follows on the 26th of January is against Shrewsbury and they'll probably just play that children's 11 again like rotation fears are not what they could be for Liverpool defenders so that's kind of my overall take on that Liverpool defensive situation yeah I think you mentioned Joe Gomez that there's just in phenomenally impressive since he's he's sort of joined the fold they've not conceded once and now that back line of him and Virgil van Dijk they just look completely impenetrable right now don't they you could could try to send a raging ball through them and they they still wouldn't break you know they're they're so solid and uh, yeah I actually quite like Joe Gomez as an FPL pick as well only 5.2 million he's he's ridiculously cheap and and if you think about just putting him in and just covering your defence that way um you know, double defence with maybe someone like Trent or someone like, um, you know, Virgil van Dijk, that, that's actually a really cheap way of saying, right, you know what, I'm, I'm covering Liverpool this way. I can get all these points from these guys and I can still get in my Sergio Agueros. I can still um, get in my Kevin De Bruyne's and my Jamie Vardy's and these other premium assets that you, you might have to sacrifice maybe if you were going for sort of the Mane and um, Mo Salah, the Mala double up, which, which I've ended up going with and I, I actually have started to consider Trent as a triple captain option to be honest there I'm, I'm really tempted now I've, now I've not bothered with the double defense I'm thinking you know what I could do Mo Mane and just give Trent the triple captain because they're keeping clean sheets week in week out so that could be eight guaranteed points straight away just from a couple of clean sheets so obviously they're, they're probably going to blank in both games now um, and yeah, they have an assist to his name. He's taking all the set pieces. He's taking all the corners. You know, he, he's um, creating so many chances. It's just ridiculous. Like his assist tally is just phenomenal so far this season. So he could be a really good um, punt as a, as the giving him the TC. So I say, why not? If you fancy a bit of a risk and a bit of a differential, 
you know, why not go for it? But, you know, there is obviously the downside, there is the risk. But with Liverpool being such a solid unit at the moment, you know, he's getting forward all the time. He, this is, like, it's not worst um, move in, in the world. Um, so, yeah, for me, no, um, who haven't covered yet. I think, as I said, he is another option as a, a Rashford replacement. I, I just feel personally, uh, 9.4 million, it's just too expensive. He's not, he's too expensive and he's, he's not the best value for money um, in that Liverpool team. I, I mean, I look at that, look at the defenders, for instance, you know, someone like Gomez, 4 million cheaper. Um, and Firmino would have had to get seven goals in seven games to have matched that defensive record that that Liverpool defence have, have shown because of, you know, goals being four points for forwards. He's not, he's not a midfielder, he's a forward, so he only gets four points. Um, not getting that extra clean sheet point either, and he's he's never managed that. So he's he's never managed that seven goals in seven games. It's um, yeah. So I think that's my concern with Firmino as a select. You know, it's, it's a good easy way of doing a straight swap with Rashford if your team's set up that way. But I'm not sure if he is the uh, the best Liverpool asset out there. I think you know I, I still look towards the defenders. I still look towards Mo Salah uh, and, and Sadio Mane as well. When you put it like that and you think about the fact that Firmino would need to score all those goals to keep up with that defence, and when you also consider that those defenders are chipping in with attacking points all the time at probably the same rate as Firmino, I haven't checked that, but it's it's relatively similar anyway, it really does make you start to wonder whether there's any point in having Firmino at all. Watch him get a, a brace now in both games over the double game week, but... Definitely, on paper, it does seem like going for one of those defenders, even be that Gomez, might be a better option. It's it's kind of staggering, isn't it? And I guess moving on from Liverpool, but certainly returning to the double game weekend Liverpool, Camran has been asking about Hung Min Son, and here comes the Son. Should we be looking at him again? Nick, what do you think? He's one of your Spurs men. Are you talking to me, Stag? Yeah, um, Son. Son, uh... I do like him, to be honest. I mean, Spurs have Norwich at home next week. So, so one-week punt, it could be a really good one-week punt, actually. Um, his ownership's now down to 7.5%. I, can't remember, I don't know what it was at when, before that sending off, but it was getting phenomenally high. I remember over the Christmas period, he was the one player everyone was talking about. We were all going for that, for that song bandwagon. And then he had that sort of king of comedy FPL moment where he's just got self red card they were all screaming screaming our heads off saying what the hell what are you doing mate and uh, we all promptly sold and and now it's like you know what's on um he um with Kane out he is um he is gonna probably have to step up and be that Spurs talisman in in um Harry Kane's absence and Deli Ali's been pretty damn poor recently as well um and, and Spurs generally have been pretty poor to be honest but I feel that's on um if you're going to go for a Spurs asset in Norwich at home, fantastic fixture. You know Norwich. I mean, I've got the data in front of me. But they're probably you know one either the first or the second most poorest defence in in the Premier League so far this season. Um, yeah, I think Son would be a great little punt there. Look, okay, I was looking at the data there from the. Spurs game in game 23 when and look Son was the furthest forward Spurs player by a distance he had four shots four shots all of those coming in the box less than Eric Lamella actually notably but uh, he was still at least getting those chances although the quality of those chances weren't particularly high either in XG terms but for a team that is playing in a for a team that has Champions League ambitions they're not playing like a Champions League club and it, it feels so hard to trust any of their players like Spurs of old under Pochettino and maybe even early Mourinho era Spurs were already starting to call it an early era. It's crazy. Like you'd have been 
banking on not just the individual quality of the players, but also this collective quality that, you know, the space would open itself up and Kane would be so heavily marked and they just found a way. That's not the case now. I think what you're just back, you're banking on is individual brilliance from Son or from Deli Ali, like we saw quite a few times in his first few weeks, and that seems to have dropped off a little bit. So whilst he does have that undoubted brilliance, and he is one of the best players in the league, and he could score twice against Norwich, like you, you do start to wonder if there are better ways to spend that money on the likes of Salamani, Aguero, etc., etc., etc. So with me. Look, if Son has a good game against Norwich, I'll, I'll eat my words to an extent, but I, I'm not rushing to get him in. He's Even as someone who would like to improve my rank still, like 700k is still not where I want to be and I do need to continue to take a few risks, but I don't think Son is the risk that I'd be taking, really. Yeah, perhaps. I think he, he's worth considering. Maybe not top of the list, but definitely uh, needs to be in the conversation, I think. Um, and we'll see how he does against Norwich because, um, like I said, it could be one of those game weeks where if you are thinking about doing something wild like a free hit, you might take a take a punt on Son for this particular game week. Yeah, and it would be the classic FPL thing that like a single game week player who's been overlooked completely like Son would go and absolutely have a belter and then Liverpool would, I don't know, concede a goal in each game and actually, I don't know, win 2-1 and Jorginho Vijnaldum turns out to be the top scorer in the game week. You know, It's entirely possible and we could all be freaking out, but <laughs> we shall see. But in the meantime, we'll move on to the next question coming from FPL Wales, who was asking, who are the five best defenders and that's not including Lundstrom he says or is he even in there now in world football I'm not sure if I'd put Lundstrom up there but uh, Nick what do you think about in FPL terms whether you would put Lundstrom in there so yeah I did have a think about this and I thought actually I'd probably looking at FPL terms Lundstrom still is in that um, top five just just about I to be honest like if I had to name the, the five right now I'd probably put four of them would probably be Liverpool defenders you know they just they just fitting the bill and I, I you know I wax lyrical about them a bit earlier so I don't really want to spend too much time talking more about those guys but you know when you're looking at the other teams in the Premier League right now you know we consider the top six or if you include Leicester now the top seven um, none of them are doing very well at all are they apart from Liverpool they're all especially defensively Manchester City I looked at the Manchester City defenders from an FPL perspective when I was thinking about how to answer this question. I was like, oh, could I fit Mendy in there maybe? Could I fit Kyle Walker in there? And I kind of struggled really to legitimately fit those guys in at their price um, from an FPL perspective. So I, I did think, okay, you know, if you fill two slots with Liverpool and just say, right, that'll do for Liverpool, maybe Lundstrom would probably be right up there as well. One of the other Sheffield United defenders, I mean, he, he hears an OOP out of position player in FPL. Uh, and with Sheffield United's defensive solidity, he, he's been um, you know, raking in the points every time they get to the clean sheet. In terms of goal attempts, he's top amongst defenders as well with, over the course of season 31. And yeah, Sheffield United have eight clean sheets, even though his, sort of, you know, his goal tallies dried up a little bit. It seems to be John Fleck instead that seems to be scoring week in, week out instead of Lundstrom, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like Lundstrom's probably up there in, some, in terms of the best five. Uh, the other one I looked at was uh, was Luca Dean. Actually, I kind of I just wanted to put him in there, and I know it seems mad, but I still feel like he deserves a place in there. Five point seven million. Um, his price has dropped by zero point three now. Everton have some decent fixtures coming up, and his online stats still look really decent. He's created fifty three chances, only nine less than Trent. He's got four assists to his name, and I think you know he ranks right up there with sort of some of the top performing midfielders in terms of assists and chances being created. So. 
I, I, I actually think he's a, a relatively decent punt, even if he's one of those players that invariably, whenever we own, he'll get himself sent off or score an own goal or something ridiculous will happen. But I, I still rate him as an FPO asset and perhaps would, would put him up there. I don't, I don't know who you considered in terms of your sort of top five. Yeah, that's an interesting sort of goodfellas, Nick. But even still, it's going to be hard to disagree with you too much. Like like you, uh, when I initially saw this question, I was like, oh, four Liverpool defenders. <laughs> Anything to get Liverpool defenders in because everyone else, as you say, is performing poorly. So, look, first of all, let's deal with the Lundstrom question. And the fact that, he, look, he is playing out of position, which... And we all have value tied up in him, which means that, you know, for all sorts of factors not to do with his own performance, he's kind of essential. Um, yeah, not essential, but he is important and definitely merits consideration for this top five discussion. But I think there is a distinct possibility that he could be dropped soon. His performances have dropped off that much, not just in FPL terms, just in general terms. He's just nowhere near what he was a few weeks ago or earlier in the season anyway. Uh, to actually answer the question, um, I have Trent Alexander-Arnold and then another Liverpool defender. If you're trying to just invest in defence, you're going to have two of them. Fine. I think right now, based on fixtures and form and everything that goes with it, a Watford defender is a pretty good person to have in and someone like Craig Cathcart, who's super cheap, but is uh, doing the business on my bench, uh, is a good player to have. Uh, looking at the fixtures and maybe looking at pedigree, if not recent form, Crystal Palace's defence um, has been good this season, hasn't been doing well recently, but looks like it could come back into vogue again. It was uh, Kelly that was the man that we all had earlier in the season, but I think Gary Cahill could be very good for them. He, look, he's not going to get dropped. He's very good at set pieces, and I think we're we're going to see a few goals from him but in the next 10 game weeks or so. And so I'd put him into this list. And then from there, you're kind of wondering, okay, is it a Brighton defender? Lewis Dunk or Webster, maybe? Or it's maybe a Sheffield United one, and then it's going to be Lundstrom. Up until the day he gets dropped, it's going to be Lundstrom. So that's that's where I stand on that question, Nick. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think it's, it is a challenging question because you're trying to think about FPO, and you, we talked about the Leicester defence earlier. I think if you asked us a month ago, we'd have definitely named a Leicester defender each. We'd probably had Soyuncu in there, but based on the recent performances, we, we've kind of gone a little bit off them. You know, we, we talked about some of the cheaper options as well. A month ago, again, it was an easier question. We'd probably said, your Rico, your Kellys are doing well now. You know, no one wants to touch Rico with a barge pole, for instance. And, and Martin Kelly, you mentioned Gary Cahill, but they have um, not been particularly good defensively, to be honest. It has been a little while now since their last clean sheet for, for Crystal Palace. But um, yeah, and, you know, I looked at some of the other players around. And I thought, actually, you know, there's a, there's a few more four million uh, defenders that are emerging at some of the top sides. So I thought, well, actually, they could be considered. You know, you've got Brandon Williams, for instance. United seems to be playing um, pretty regularly. Um, the setup was a bit weird uh, this game week with Luke Shaw in sort of a back three or something. I don't know what that, exactly the formation was. Um, so he's still got a bit of a rotation risk there with, um, with Luke Shaw, perhaps, depending on how Ole sets up. Um, we've also got... Um, uh, Jaffet Tanganga at Spurs puts put in some really really good performances actually um, since he seems to have broken into the side and again it's another one where you might think oh is there a rotation risk there you know this, this young guy is coming in putting good performances but you know uh, Mourinho could easily say right you know I'm, I'm switching back to you know my solid Alderweireld Sanchez or a um, Rose setup or something like that and Tanganga will be out the side again but you know worth considering you know, someone like that, maybe four million, just just pumping them in the team and, and seeing what happens when it comes to an FPL perspective, especially if you're thinking about wildcarding or something. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And there are definitely some good uh, good little defenders emerging at those teams. But the fact of the matter is, is that neither Man United nor Spurs' defence is trustworthy. So it kind of feels like a 4.0 defender emerging at, say, like Newcastle at the moment. You're kind of feeling like, if, if, am I excited? I'm not sure if I'm excited. So it's, it's a tough one. But I guess moving on again to our next question that comes from Martin H. And Nick, he's asking, how do you respond after a bad game week? What's a reaction and what's an overreaction? Very philosophical from Martin. Yeah, we also had another question as well from APC2345 who asked us, how, do you, how, how are you motivated after bad luck? And, and I, I guess like FPL can be an incredibly frustrating game at times. You know, for instance, for myself, it's five, you know, five red arrows in six. And, you know, it's, it's natural to react badly, feel disappointed, just feel generally a little bit down down in the dumps about your performances, especially if you're kind of investing a lot of time into trying and set your team up and you're, you're being positive. All the football starts and then it's like, right, football's been terrible, weekend's over, you know, now I've got to you know, work in the morning on the Monday morning, you know, I'm knackered now and uh, what was the point? But I guess at the end of the day, it's best to try and ride those bad times and not get too bothered, let it affect the real world. It's just a game after all, to be honest. You know, an overreaction perhaps would be steaming onto Twitter like the Wolf of Wall Street and you're just hurling abuse at everyone under the sun. You know, that, that's obviously not necessary at all. Just going to cause further disruption in your, in your life. So I think that's an example of an overreaction. It's just, just, you know, letting it affect you, letting it affect the way you speak to other people and, you know, treating people, shit, you know, terribly, that sort of thing. <laughs> just, just like... Just, just, just be nice to people, even if you're feeling down in the dumps. I guess you know. Some uh, good advice there on how to be a good citizen from Nick as well. <laughs> vote everybody. Yeah. No. Um, no what's a reaction? What's an overreaction? Like an overreaction is probably selling somebody like Sadio Mane because he blanked this week, just because you know you didn't get your caps in the hall or Vardy or something like. Look, guys, like take a chill pill, take a day out, and then maybe decide on what sort of transfers you're going to make. Definitely, if you're if you're listening to this on Monday, if you know, hold off until Tuesday if you need to before making that transfer, and just have another sleep on it you're, that, that extra 0.1 or 0.2 value swing it's not going to kill you it's not going to ruin your season either um, but there's always a cheaper defender to go to if you need to find money so you'll be fine uh, otherwise I would say just take time away from Twitter or Slack I've um, had a particularly poor season at times this year and I think Nick you would definitely have noticed that I just disappear off the face of the planet for four days at times <laughs> in a week because it's just like I just need to escape but you'll see my Twitter history as well it's just like no I just can't do it and it's it's much easier to be around and I'll be the first to admit it when things are going a little bit better but um yeah so that's that's what a reaction is i guess getting away an overreaction would be burning my phone or something like that so yeah. <laughs> there you go yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i treated that question very differently to the way you treat it like, yeah in pure fpl terms yeah an overreaction would be like say taking a minus 12 and just say, right that's it you know six of my players are out and uh, you know just because they blank that one game week is not necessary just you know, give you give your players another chance. Perhaps um, I've I've often found this season's been a bit of a weird one that the players that I wanted to sell the most have actually then returned the following week. So, you know, um, things can change. The red arrows won't be forever. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. And look, if you if you keep going further and further down the rankings, eventually you're going to have to start going up because you're going to hit all the inactive teams. So like, it's it's not all hopeless. I found it was around like 1.4 odd million, and then I started to bounce again. So you'll be fine, everyone. It'll it'll, it'll come around. But uh, until then, you know, triple captain. I don't know Trent Alexander Arnold will do something mental. <laughs> Enjoy the game. And I guess with that, we can move on to our feature section and take a bit of a break right now. You've got 
So we're back and it's, it's uh, time to catch up with our features section. Um, we're going to start off um, with the market forces, as always, um, looking at the movers and shakers in the FPL market. And the uh, yeah, the most transferred in player this game week, uh, perhaps no surprise, Sergio Aguero. He, he's firmly back on the radar, isn't he? After um, a hat-trick against Aston Villa and then that brace against Crystal Palace, he's now got 15 goals. Um, over the course of the season, um, competing for the Golden Boot, which is um, pretty impressive, to be honest, considering he's only actually um, played 1,084 of those minutes so far. So um, Aguero, most transferred in player, 115,000 transfers in and um, yeah, it looks like the players being sold Rashford, Abraham, Jamie Vardy look like the forwards being sold there. The three most transferred out players at the moment in time. Rashford, obviously, you know, he's got the red um, red flag now on, on fantasy football, so everyone knows that he's out for a while. Um, 196,000 managers transferred him out as they're all getting rid. Abraham. Um, has been blanking quite heavily, as we mentioned earlier as well. I mean, he's got two goals in four, but with Chelsea's fixture stiffening, um, people are looking at some of the other options out there. And, and Vardy as well, after that um, penalty miss, just so depressing. Um, that's five points in, in four games now for Vardy. Um, Mr. Popular's um, party seems, seems to be closed right now. Yeah, like it's actually quite interesting when you look at the uh, the transfers in, and you kind of get a feel, get an idea of how people are preparing for this double game week. So Allison is quite popular; he's the second most brought in defender. But the four most brought in defenders is the whole Liverpool backline: Van Dijk, Trent, Robertson, Gomez, in that order, which is um, pretty ridiculous. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like that in market forces. Followed up by budget enablers Tanganga and Williams, as mentioned already on this pod. So you're definitely we've got people listening to us um, in advance of the pod even being released. So it's pretty interesting. To see that, and then there's only really one West Ham player being brought in for their double game week. Remember, they also have a double game week, and it's Mark Noble who has been brought into 20,000 odd teams, all of whom are going to be very disappointed until they get a penalty because I've said it. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a surprise actually to, to see. I suppose that just shows how, how we, we've not even mentioned West Ham so far on this pod, and they've got a double game week coming. I mean, think why the you know, really, should we be considering um, some of the West Ham assets? Um, I'll cover it briefly in Dad Watch, actually. But yeah, um, West Ham assets really not appearing on the radar at the moment. Um, but actually, the second most transferred in player is, is Bobby Firmino. So um, we'd mentioned him, obviously, or I mentioned that I didn't think that he, he was the best value FPL asset um, to pick out of the Liverpool bunch. But in terms of the market forces, he's the second most transferred in player, which is a bit of a surprise, actually. 100,000 transfers in at the time of recording. It has only been one goal in four for Bobby but I guess it's just a straight swap people are selling Rashford thinking who can I afford same price bring in Bobby Firmino works perfectly double game week so it seems like sort of a common sense swap for many managers perhaps I think also in the market forces Greedish um, third most transferred in player Jack Greedish 87,000 uh, managers he's having a, a storm of a season really Aston Villa really struggling um, in a relegation battle but Jack Greedish has been uh, brilliant to be honest um, so far this season now seven goals and six assists over the course of the season um, and nicked another goal against Brighton and this this game week and Aston Villa's fixture is also pretty decent Watford Bournemouth Spurs Southampton Sheffield United so you know definitely can see why um, a lot of managers bringing him in as well yeah, quite a good season for the ex-Irish man there, and for sure. Uh, quite interesting, actually, looking down. I think the best West Ham player that maybe should be on people's radar is given now that Fabianski is injured, is Robert Snodgrass. And he's really not that popular. And the likes of Son, who we spoke about earlier, and even James Madison are more popular in the transfers in stakes. 
than Mr. Snodgrass. So we shall see if that comes back to bite those people. But for now, here we are. Yep, Snodgrass, um, pretty decent pick. Yeah. So um, as as I mentioned, um, moving on to Dad's watch now, and yeah, we we both went to the West Ham Everton game at the weekend. So in in anticipation for that game, um, we, my dad was looking at some of the West Ham assets. He thought oh, I'm going to bring one in, um, especially with double game week coming up. Um, Snodgrass actually he looked really good. He looked probably looked, um, one of their best players on the day. But the the man that my dad picked was Sebastian Aller. Um, you know the forwards um, as a as a spot for Jimenez and yeah he was he was absolutely fuming when I was updating him during the game saying that Jimenez has, has scored a brace because he you know has a sort of a thirteen point swing or something like that um, and yeah Alaire did um, did nothing you know squandered a few chances but you know um, I actually still think it could could potentially pay off um, double game week move um, there Leicester and Liverpool really tough double game week to be fair but you know. Um, Alaire's a, a relatively decent pump. We didn't mention him as a Rashford replacement, but with a double game week, uh, Brighton up next after that for West Ham before it gets tough with Manchester City and Liverpool. You know, he, his potential that you could punt on this guy, he was particularly, um, he was very good at um, Eintracht Frankfurt, but he um, hasn't really delivered in the Premier League so far. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Sorry, Leicester, Leicester, the Leicester game is nowhere near as tough a fixture as it was when we were talking about the double game week initially two or three weeks ago. Like you wouldn't bet against West Ham actually scoring against Leicester now when pre Moyes and let's say pre Leicester's downturn that seemed almost like it would be a fluke or a noble penalty at best. So, like you know, your, your dad may still have some joy there. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think uh, I think it's ingrained in me to say that it's a tough fixture for Leicester now. But as you said, yeah, things have changed a little bit in the recent weeks. But um, yeah, in terms of this week, though, yeah, the shocker. Um, 26 points in total uh, for him. It's a really bad game week. Uh, so yeah, slip sliding down those um, ranks. Uh, Vardy captain was zero. Alaire's two, as I said. Abraham two. Madison two. Mane three. De Bruyne two. William two, Lundstram two, Evans one, Dunk one. The, the only person that got in points was Ben Foster with the nine pointer. So, yeah, really, really bad week, unfortunately, for my dad. But, um, yeah, uh, hopefully he can pick it up and hopefully Alex scores a brace against Leicester and Liverpool or something so he can get some returns again. Yeah, that's a, a rough few ones for Ian, I guess. Moving on to Stag's take for this week. It's, it's more like Stag's repent, to be honest. Because... I'll admit, I think a few weeks ago in my, maybe my first pod on with you, Nick, that I, I felt I was a little bit too harsh on those who were putting forward the idea of a Liverpool defensive double up. Uh, it, look, the reality is, is that it sets teams up for the longer term quite well. Like, whereas having Salah and Mane, that's going to be seriously challenging and probably not the right move for the longer term. Like, look, you want to have money to get in the City players, for example. And so in this double game week context, I would still prefer to have Mane and Salah just to block out all the people that are going to be owning and even captaining and even triple captaining those players but I get it guys I, I do get it guys and I, I think it makes a lot more sense than it, it, it maybe to me earlier but look uh, and maybe this is the best reason to have Virgil van Dijk into your team as well is that and I, I definitely shot down the Virgil van Dijk idea a few weeks ago and I can admit that but I think that given that he'll continue to play into the long term whilst Robbo and certainly Trent Alexander-Arnold are likely to rotate a little bit I think maybe VVD uh, is a good person to be bringing into your team or certainly be considering. And I do think that the Liverpool double-up is a hell of a lot more sensible than I first thought. So there you go. Stag's take a, a little bit uh, bland this week, but definitely relevant. 
and just re- you're regretting sort of sent giving that Cape Fear over to those people that went for that Liverpool defensive double up, um, especially considering yeah, yeah, their defences have been sort of given a shutter eye, and haven't they <laughs> defensively? Yeah, exactly. Last exactly. seven. Exactly. Look, you gotta gotta react and uh, admit where we went wrong and uh, move on from that. So <laughs> there you go. Stags take it. a little bit banded in Utah, and also consider Snodgrass. So that's no problem. Um, Shall we take a quick break then before we, we wrap up with um, the mini league and transfers and captains? Yep. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's um, time to catch up with who got the assist mini league. Stag, you've got the details. Um, who's on top this week? Yeah, so uh, the actual leagues are updating. So I've got the provisional results on live FPL to uh, tide us over in the meantime. So we've got a joint battle for fourth at the moment. It was a taxi driver for Manuel Jahavri who only got 30 points. So he dropped from first to fourth and with Troina captaincy not coming through for him. So he is now drawing with Declan Rin at 1,448 points. Still a staggering result from a really good season for both of them. And they're not too far off the top either. Then in third, up from 12th with a 74-point courtesy of an Aguero captaincy for Jonahop Hing who is now on 1,454 points just 8 points ahead of him is Johnny Briggs up from 5th with Den Donkeys he had an Aguero captaincy as well so 63 points helping him jump and then up in 1st now is Mirabdil Islam who's 75, 74 points in spite of the fact that he captained Delhi Ali uh, leads him right to the top of the table. So 1,479 points is the score to beat in the got the Assist Mini League right now. So pretty impressive score, actually, considering he had Ali captain, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, Abdul Islam is the, uh, the aviator flying right up to the top of the league there. Um, so, yeah, um, to wrap up, we're just going to do the, the transfers and captains this, this game week. And... Um, so, uh, Stag, you you going to use the triple captain then, are you, this week? Uh, is that your plan or are you, you going to hold it? I don't think I am. Um, I, I, I was just never, I was never into it from the very start, this being to triple captain this week. And I'm still not feeling it right now. So my, my transfers are still a little bit undecided. I was kind of hoping that an injury or a suspension or something would kind of just make everything work itself out for me. But right now, the only injury I have in the team, aside from Fabianski and goals, which I still can't fix, is Ismail Assar, whose injury um, means that he will probably be the likely person to depart. And I'm still trying to work out a way to get Salah into a company man in my midfield. It may not happen, in which case I will just get Virgil van Dijk in and take the easy option and probably upgrade Soyonku. Um, but I have two free transfers to uh, angle with and I will work accordingly. But now I can't sell Sergio Aguero and that was that, this has been the biggest issue is that he was always there just as a placeholder for money that I could sell on and now I've made a lot of profit on him and I want to keep him. So it's a challenging one, Nick. Uh, you? So yeah, for me, I think I'm going to use the triple captain um, this, this game week. I do worry that I think with the season pretty much wrapped up um, in terms of the uh, title race, it's, it's Liverpool's, we all know that. But um, I think um, when you get more opportunities later on in the season, there's perhaps going to be a little bit more rotation what with the, the Champions League and all that other stuff happening, which could impact the you know the Liverpool and the Manchester City sides um, when they have double game weeks later on in the season. So I think for that reason, I am going to use the triple captain. Probably going to be Mane. Um, I'm tempted by Trent, as I said earlier on in the pod, but probably going to be Mane. Um, uh, getting the TC, I think I probably will roll. I am tempted by the Madison sale, but then just I don't really have a straight swap for him right now that really sticks out. Um, so it might be that I just roll it, keep him for that West Ham game, and then I'll use two free transfers the following week to do some sort of 
Madison swap um, downgrade to Cantwell maybe and then upgrade my third striker who's, who's currently Greenwood um, to someone like Jimenez maybe something like that perhaps so that, that's kind of my long-term plan so probably going to be a, a role this week absolutely makes sense in fairness um, it's almost the most uh, boring pre-double game week set of transfers we could possibly have delivered to people but uh, interesting at least we're going to be using that triple captain hit um, triple captain chip so there's going to be a bit of contrast between the two of us probably come the next podcast so I guess moving towards the end of the prod uh, just to say who we are we are who got the assist you'll find us on twitter at wgta underscore fpl you'll find nick at wgta underscore nick and you can find me at fpl stag so listen and subscribe across all the potting spectrum wherever you may get your podcasts and remember to join our league if you haven't joined it yet at eikx03 Yep, and there was um, a theme to every pod, as we always mention. Last week, it was a David Bowie. Um, so plenty of guys um, got the references. Um, well done and on all those who, who picked up on them. Who was, who was first again? It was Mitchell Sterling who was first. He came with a David Bowie pun-laced answer before we'd even posted on Twitter about the pod being out. So uh, fair play to <laughs> well Mitchell, done, Mitchell. <laughs> he got He jumped the gun on absolutely everybody. So fair play for the dedication. Excellent stuff there, Mitchell. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, so uh, thanks all for listening, and we hope this assisted you. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.